It would have been a lure, <laughs> a slow seduction. <laughs> well, all these years later, you are now a very prominent astrophysicist. What, what oh, wait, wait, let me add, uh-huh. it took a couple of years between age 9 and 11 before I'd figure out that you could make a career out of that. Because <laughs> at 9, you're not thinking, gee, I'll have a career. You know, it's just, you just do it because it feels good. Uh-huh. And by age 11, if you were one of those adults who asked that annoying question, what do you want to be when you grow up? I had the answer. It was astrophysicist. And I'd give that answer, and it usually just ended the conversation right there. <laughs> there was no comeback on that, but that was fine. But, I mean, that's, that, that really is amazing because, I mean, most 11-year-olds, if they do give an answer, they hardly are still doing that however many years later. Yeah, I think the, what we don't appreciate as adults regarding kids is that they are persistently and perennially curious. And it's really forces of of society that kind of squash that curiosity. I think it's primarily because that curiosity and wonder often ends in the destruction of something (laughs) if you're a kid. (laughs) What I try to do raising my kids is recognize that a consequence of their curiosity is the increase in disorder of the household. And provided that the disorder is done in the act of exploration, then I would be cleaning it up after them. And I'd do that willingly and lovingly. Hmm. So, rather so, than telling them to stop. Huh. So how, how do you think we can inspire that sense of wonder in kids, specifically through science? They already have the wonder. Uh, my worry is how do we get that sense of wonder back in the adults? The kids are not the problem here. Huh. It's, the adults run everything. The kids are already curious about the natural world. And left to themselves, they will explore it. Period. So the real task of the adult is to get out of their way. You allow some level of disorder to descend, provided it is the consequence of the curiosity and wonder expressed by the child. So what happens in school then? Because so many kids are turned off of science in elementary school. Holding aside that they might have just simply had a bad teacher, the good student in class is the one who obeys the teacher who is not disrupting. And that is like the opposite of curiosity and wonder. Curiosity and wonder is I have this energy, it's gurgling within me, I've got to express it somehow. And I think this sit down, shut up, learn and take an exam is incommensurate with cosmic discovery. So do you think this experience of wonder is above all an emotional response or or is it something else? No, it's completely emotional in, in my opinion. And... It is the emotion that drives the inquiry. It is natural to wonder what's up in the sky. Take a look at what religions do. Typically, they put their gods in the sky. They're in places where you look up in wonder. I used to think I was biased that, like, the universe was cool. But no, I'm not biased. (laughs) It's fundamentally cool. So I think I'm in in the right business, actually. For wonder. <laughs> hmm. So, I mean, you just uh, talked about how various civilizations have seen gods in the sky. I mean, do you think your sense of wonder through science is comparable to the religious experience of wonder? Well, that's an excellent question. In fact, I'm on some YouTube video making exactly that analogy uh, in the following way. Back in the old days, we would there'd be pilgrimage to mountaintops because that's where the telescope was. It's a moving experience, just you, the telescope, it's dark, the stars are there, it is eerily quiet. The emotions that come over me and the words that I use to describe it have quite a bit of resonance with the words I've seen deeply religious people invoke 
when they've had religious experience. I speak of the majesty of the universe and the uh, being overrun with emotion, just basking in the cosmic glory. There's vocabulary overlap there. Well, one final question. You are now director of the Hayden Planetarium, not just the the nine-year-old boy who who went to his first planetarium show. What inspires wonder in you now? I, I don't think about it that way. The way you ask that question implies that there's something I must appeal to to continue to stoke the wonder that exists within me. And all I can say is that I don't think it's ever left. You know, I still catch snowflakes in my mouth as I walk down the street. I still see a puddle and ask myself, how high can I jump before I splash into it to see how much of a mess I can <laughs> I still do this. <laughs> and I, I don't think I've ever grown up, really, which makes me annoying in some really grown-up uh, meetings that, <laughs> that happen <laughs> in Washington or anywhere else because I'm just really still having fun.